0: Welcome back to the Overtime Heroics Podcast, Cheap Seats Chatter, the West Division. My name is Alex Clark, alongside my co-host Joe Boric. Joe, my main man, how you doing today?
1: Doing well, doing well. There's been uh, some very uh, good series, uh, not as competitive yet in this round, but some good series still and some fun baseball to watch.
0: Definitely. Again, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about right now. Two West teams in the championship series, one in the ALCS, one in the NLCS. And these are series that I don't think anyone fully predicted this is how they were going to go. Or right now, as of being recorded today at 122 Pacific Standard Time on the 14th of October. So far, none of the games for today have started. But right now, going into this game, I don't think either of us expected that there's the potential even that the both of these series could be sweeps. And that's exactly where it's at right now with the Rays leading over the Astros three games to none and the Braves leading over the Dodgers two games to
2: none.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody thought they would be a sweep. um, Going in, they definitely thought there would be more competitive series. I mean, the Braves still haven't even lost yet in the postseason uh, through and through. But uh, no, I agree. Nobody thought they would be sweeps, that's for sure.
0: So right now, we'll start with Astros and Rays, which is, I think is one that if there was going to be a sweep, I would feel it could be this one. But regardless, still, you take a look at this, and with the amount of talent that is on both teams— I wouldn't expect to sleep. I would expect a good, hard-hitting series. And really, that's just not what it's been, though. We were talking before during prep for this broadcast. We were talking about that each one of these three games that has happened has had one underlying key factor that has really kind of been the story of each game. For the first game, it was the pitching, where the Rays beat the Astros a final score of 2-1 to one, to take the 1-0 lead in the first game in the ALCS. Blake Snell getting the win at 1.80 ERA over the game, and Diego Castillo getting his first save of the ALCS.
1: Yeah, Um, Altuve was able to get them going early in that game. He hit a home run in the first, I remember. Um, And then they were able to, they got hit by the um, unlikely hero, um, Mike Zunino came through, who's had a pretty good series for the Rays with a single in the fifth, which ended up being the winning run. And then Randy, a Rosarena, a homer. So uh, for the Astros, their problem has been they've been getting the key hits up until this series. They had Snell on his heels in a couple innings, and then he worked out of trouble. And then in game two, they had Morton on his heels, and then he worked out of trouble, giving up no runs for Charlie Morton, and then one run for Blake Snell in five innings. So... Uh, they just all of a sudden have not been able to get that key hit. And these are one of the top, if not, they were either the second or highest, I think, fielded graded team in baseball. And that shows in this series, getting those key clutch fielding plays. Um, so th- that combined with the fact that the Astros have been struggling to get the key hits um, just really has hurt them. Uh, This series because then you go into the raised bullpen and we know how good their overall pitching staff is have a pretty solid rotation and even through the injuries they have and uh, then they have a really solid bullpen even through the injuries they have there. So uh, that showed this series and the Astros just haven't been able to overcome it um, because they haven't been able to get those key hits later in the game because in. Game two, they were able to answer ever after Margo got a uh, homer. Uh, Correa was able to homer, who's been doing great in the playoffs. But then again, the unlikely hero, uh, Mike Zunino, uh, homered again, who uh, has just been a guy that's been killing them this series. And then they had that Springer um, double play that scored another run in that game. So they haven't been able to get the key hits, and we know in the postseason that's going to kill you if you can't get the key hit.
0: Mike Zanino, former Seattle Mariner, representing my team, but you know Mike Zanino is another interesting player because a lot of people like especially like you that say that he's fully un it's like that he's a bit more unknown that it's a bit more unlikely. One of the things that's interesting with Mike Zanino is that he can hit. The problem is he just has a problem with contact. He has all the power in the world though and he's a fantastic defensive catcher. So I'm happy to see Zanino being a starting catcher for a very solid team in the playoffs and has a chance to go get a ring this year. But you see what he's done. He has had some big hits as well going back into game two, I believe it was, where he hit a home run that was described as light tower power. And I saw that home run in the left center field, and that ball was just absolutely crushed. And I think at that point, you take a look and – the Rays do see Zanino as their everyday starting catcher. I think it's a good idea because once he starts getting hot, then he shows what he can do, and this is what he's able to do. One more thing with Zanino before I move on. Going back to his days as a Mariner, he does have a lot more experience against the Astros than a lot of the guys on this team do because, again, in the West, you played against the Astros a whole ton, so he's seen a lot of these pitchers. He has seen what these guys can do, so... He's a little bit more of a leg up, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he's done a little better in the series.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, he has been a good guy, which is why they should be able to keep him because he's a guy that is a free agent guy. When you look at the aspects of potential catchers, so they got to lock him up if they want to keep him because. They got a guy last year that was becoming a free agent in day or no. They let him go. He's a big part of the Braves offense this year. So if you think that Zunino really is starting to get going, they're definitely going to have to lock him up. But uh, he's definitely been a crucial part of this series so far, no deal.
0: Definitely. And especially one of the things that Zunino is really good at is working with pitchers. That was one thing he did with Seattle, is that no matter who the pitchers were, he knew – what their strengths were, he knew how to use them effectively, and he was a fantastic manager of the game. And that's one thing that we're seeing here with the Rays is that he has all these pitchers to work with, and to him, it's like playing with toys. It's being able to see, ooh, this one's really good at doing this, this one's really good at doing this. And I know that we kind of come to expect that from catchers now. We just kind of say, well, that's part of the job. But Zanino does it at a very high level. And does it to a point where he really does bring out the best in their pitchers, and I can say with full confidence that one of the main re- one of the reasons why this Braves pitching staff, bullpen, starting pitcher is so good, is partially because of Mike Zanino.
1: Yeah, no, he is really good at calling a game. That's also why, I, in uh, Controspect we'll get to him later. But they are no mm-hmm. a guy that's uh, been tied to. Um, or been in the Philly system also is very good at manning uh, home plate and and developed into a better hitter. So maybe Zunino is now being that guy that's starting to get better as a hitter. And if he can get better at contact, because just like um, Zunino, both of those guys were no more for power when they were able to connect. And then Daniel Nose showed better at contact. The Rays, if they can keep getting them better at contact, they definitely have a good catcher there because having a very good guy calling the game that can smack some of them out of there and get a good amount of RBIs because of that is definitely a bonus.
0: So, A huge bonus for any sort of team. Usually when you go to catcher, you want to get someone who is better defensive-minded, in my opinion. But if you can get a good hitting one, too, then... More to you, more power to you. And right now, know, is kind of showing that he can be, though. He can kind of be both. Do I have full confidence in him as a hitter? No. Do I think that he can be a very good hitter still? And he's showing it right now? Yes, I do. So now we take a look at this. And the first game, it was really all pitching in the first game of the series, where yeah. it was Blake Snell putting together a heck of an outing. Five innings, six hits, one run. It was earned the home run. Well, by Altuve. But one of the things that's interesting with Snell is that he's normally known as more of a strikeout magnet. He is known for just having dominating stuff, but this was not the case in this game. Two strikeouts and two walks while giving up six hits. He was not lights out, but he did he did enough to do exactly what was needed for him. He didn't do anything more, didn't do anything less. He's then let the bullpen. Take over the last four innings where they had Curtis, Thompson, Lupe Castillo take care of the rest of it. And between all four of those pitchers, gave up just three hits, two walks, three strikeouts. Yep. And with that, it's really good to see that at that point that one of the best things in baseball, in my opinion, the better teams in baseball have a solid bullpen because then it relies less on needing your starters to go deep into the games. So then your bullpen can just kind of work through it. And that's what we've seen throughout this series right now is that the starting pitchers have not gone super deep into games. You're not seeing them go seven, eight innings. No, you're seeing them go five, maybe six, and then let the bullpen just kind of do the, do the job after that. And that's one thing I really like to see because at that point, again, it relies less on the luck of a starter just having a good day as opposed to having an off day and then letting the bullpen, which you already know is elite, do its job.
1: Yeah, no, that's entirely true. I mean, the Rays have always been accustomed to usually not letting their starters go too many times, three times through the order, unless if they're really dealing. so. Yeah, they just kind of kept riding with their normal strategy there, and uh, it shows to always work because they always get their good pitchers for their bullpen exactly like you said.
0: Exactly, and it's one—that's one thing that again that'll never be a bad thing for any team to have a good bullpen. But you see this, and it's fun to think about because we talk about so many times. A lot of fans, I know at least, will talk about why are you pulling this guy out when he's dealing? Why are you pulling this guy out when he's dealing? Well, we kind of saw in the third game one of the reasons why you do that, especially when, again, you had Yarbrough, who was going pretty solid. that gives up a home run and is taken out of the game. And a lot of people could say, why are you taking out a guy just because he's given up only two runs in nearly six innings? Why would you do that? Well, you got to try and preserve a lead. And if you have the bullpen there, that gives you a very fun luxury of you don't need to kind of risk your starters going any farther than they need to. You don't need to keep on pulling cards from the deck of tails. You just need to continue and let them do their job and then let the bullpen go and do their job. That's one thing that I praise Kevin Cash on, is being able to see when that risk is there and then not needing to take an unnecessary risk.
1: Yeah, well, Yarborough also is a guy that's been used as a starter and reliever uh, this year. So, I mean, when you're at 82 pitches as well, um, he also is probably at, I'm sure he hasn't gone over 100 or towards 100 that many times this year, being a guy that started and relieved. So, I'm not too surprised they pulled him out there, too. I agree with you. I think it was the right decision, Um and I talked about this before the podcast um, as well, but I do think this was a smart decision because when you have a stacked bullpen, why risk it? Just take exactly. him out when he's coming off of a great outing still with a lot of confidence, um, and he can go into the next series, which is going to be the World Series, With unless if you blow three straight games. Uh, so uh, you want to be able to have everyone going in on a high note. So that, that was a great move. I agree.
0: Definitely. And on top of it, if you get the win now today, where today's ball game on October 14th to be played between the Rays and Astros at 840 p.m. Eastern time over at Petco Park, if the Rays win that game, they sweep the Astros and now have all of the rest days. The maximum rest days before they move on to the World Series, where they were face off against either the Dodgers or the Braves right now, most likely looking like Braves. But you take that. So you take that. How much does that rest really help? There's a lot of talk, like within fans, within all that stuff. Of does the rest actually help if you get too much of it, or does it help take kind of take you out of the momentum?
1: Um, it it's kind of a mix. Like it's um hard to tell. I think with the Rays. They're a team that likes to keep going, but I do think, at the same time, if the Braves are not able to wrap up this series um rather quickly, uh, their pitching's not going to be in the best spots because they only have three deep rotation and then really no other starters, <laughs> and they have to go bullpen game. So that's going to hurt them if they have to uh if they have to go back and forth and then if the dodgers come back they're going to have to use a lot of pitching so it kind of depends what happens in this NL series cuz the rays are stocked up to kind of stack up against somebody in either a bullpen game or a starter for starter battle or we've seen in this uh playoffs they've been able to get their offense going uh, for a better and better th- at, in this playoff so they can stack up against their offense as well. So I think it could be interfere with them, but I do think because of the amount of pitching that's going to have to be used, especially if Kershaw's not able to go mm-hmm. in this series between the Braves and uh, Dodgers, it might not hurt them to the degree because the Rays are just the team that has seems to have an answer for everything. And I think... No matter who ends up coming over, though, uh, it's going to be a heck of a World Series because you're going to have Tampa, and then you're going to have either the Braves or the Dodgers, and both of those teams. It's been a long time since they won. So.
0: Definitely. And it's gonna I the Braves before.
1: never won. so
0: Yeah. At that point, the Rays right now, it's kind of interesting to think about with the Rays especially because now you take a look at all four of these teams, and all four of these teams have— uh, excuse me, three of the four teams, my mistake— have a pretty decent payroll going on right now, like not one of them is definitely more than the other Dodgers, but the Rays. You take a look at them, and in this series alone, their whole roster costs less, as I cost less than some of the players on the Astros do. So the like I believe the uh the the payment for like just Verlander, for example, and. It's fun to see how money doesn't always buy wins. Money buys players. And we may get to talking about Billy Bean, as I made that reference for a very specific reason. But we'll see if we have time to talk about that at the end of the broadcast. But we see this, and it kind of shows that it doesn't matter how much you pay for players. If you have the talent, you're going to win. And if you have a smart manager that knows what he's working with, you you can win against these bigger teams. You take a look at Kevin Cash doing amazing things with these Rays right now, and they're one game away from going to the World Series. And everyone took a look at the Rays, and you thought, okay, you know what, this team's got some good talent. Let's see if they do anything with it. But I don't think anyone expected them at the beginning of this season for them to... To, to beat up on the Yankees. I don't think anybody expected them to even be in, in contention to go to the World Series. I think a lot of them had uh, had a chance saying, oh yeah, they could probably be a good wild card, especially with the expanded playoffs this year. But the Rays were, of these four teams, it almost, it's like playing one of these teams is not like the other, if you would have said at the beginning of the season, okay, the NLCS is dodgers v Braves. A lot of people would say, you know, that that's, that's a good. That's a good answer. I can believe that. And Then you say, Astros v Rays, and that's when people start scratching their heads a little bit. They're like, "Wait, what? The the Rays made it, not the uh, not hey, the." Hey, don't
1: uh, you know, doubt the Rays?
0: I don't doubt them. No, look, here's. I like the Rays. I really like the Rays. I love what they've done. I love the young talent that they have just amassed. But at the, you gotta. Gotta be honest a little bit that at the beginning of the season, that's not what people were thinking. People were not thinking that the Braves were gonna be able to make it this far. And I'm so glad to see that they have, because this team has shown that they are able to overcome that adversity. They are able to show that they're a really good example of the youth movement in baseball. Where they've got good young stars, they've got some that do have a few older presences that know how to play the game, but they've got a lot of young talent. That really shows why this is one of the better teams in baseball. And at this point right now, we'll be challenging to be the best team in baseball. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have a good—the big thing they have, too, is like we uh, said before, is great defense combined with everything else, where we've seen uh, time and time with some of these other teams, big defensive uh, miscues, Uh, For the Astros, uh, we've seen that, and at times even for the uh, Dodgers in their series. So uh, having clutch fielding goes a long way in being able to get out of innings that you're in a little bit of a pickle, and then you come up with a great fielding play. uh, That's huge as a momentum grabber as well. And the Rays, because of their big bullpen and pitching, they can grab momentum from that. And because of big guys in the lineup, they can grab momentum from that. And fielding, they have like a trifecta, basically, of ways to be able to grab momentum for their team.
0: Exactly. I love that you brought up fielding. Because the Rays, that has been the thing that has really shown with them what this team can do. And it's electrifying whenever they make these plays. But every single game of this ALCS, someone has come up with a web gem-like play and it's whether it be Kevin Kiermaier, Manuel Margot robbing that foul ball by going over the going over the barricade. Thankfully he's okay with that. And then in yesterday's ball game Kiermaier made another catch. And then later on in the game, Hunter Renfro out in right field made two diving catches. And he made them look easy. He made them look like I could do it. And that's what's beautiful that this raised team, you it, you it up, you you put it perfectly there, Joe. That when you get a defensive web gem, that just kills momentum for the other team. That just puts all the momentum on your side because not only did you stop them from getting a base hit, you robbed them of getting a base hit or anything more. Exactly. And so you take that, you co- and then you compound it with the pitching still doing good. Like One of the best uh, things I've really described it for me was in yesterday's game, it was a hard hit line drive to right field. George Springer hit the ball. And no, it's, yeah, Springer hit the ball. Right? Hunter Redford dives and makes the catch. And Springer just takes his helmet and slams it down into the ground. Yeah. And he was so mad. I remember watching that. And just going, the Astros are done. Like,
2: this is the team.
0: They've been hitting the ball so hard. I'm sorry. But they have been hitting the ball so hard. They've been getting good contact. But the fielding has just been taking away these hits. And they're like, what do I have to do in order to get a run? And they showed what they had to do yesterday to get runs. It's called solo homers. And even then, that's worth one run. That's worth one run.
1: Exactly. But uh, the Astros also, if they're not able to win this game, this could be George Springer's last game with the Astros because he's set to become a free agent, and they—and you would have to wonder if they want to um, put the money out for him when they already have guys like Kyle Tucker in-house. So,
0: Yeah, we talked about that, I believe, on last week's podcast where we were talking about with Springer, yeah, do you want to pay George Springer a lot of money to stay there and be George Springer? Or do you take that money and then go and get, say, another pitcher to work with going forward and then use Kyle Tucker out there in center field, who has already shown that he is a very solid player. He's played in this postseason already. He's been with the team all season. He's got great speed, a solid bat, a pretty good glove on him, too. He's one of the biggest prospects in baseball and do you think that he's like, we've talked about this before that do the Astros think that he's ready to take that leap into being a big league outfielder or do they shell out the cash to keep Springer?
1: Um, I think they're going to bank on Tucker because we see how much the Astros like having a solid solidified rotation too. And they, I think have a lot of confidence in McCullers. So they're going to lock him up. Um, And then you have, if he does come back, you have Verlander. But if he doesn't, we don't know how solid and completely solidified it, going on the age of 37, Granky's going to be here on out. So um, you would want to get somebody else in there as a pitcher, I think. So I think they're going to bank on Tucker. And you could also, since you only signed Brantley for one year, think of seeing if he wants to have another just big uh, salary, but just one-year deal. Again, so you're not banking on someone for the long haul, probably like a five-year pretty big uh,
2: average annual
1: salary uh, deal like Springer's likely to get.
0: Exactly, yeah. And from what I know with Verlander, he's already guaranteed to miss next year as well, going in for Tommy John. So he's not going to be around for the 2021 season. I think at that point, you take a look at what you – and if you want to stay competitive, I think you don't sign Springer. I think at that point you say, all right, Springer, you've done amazing work for us, but we're gonna, we can't pay you. We need to, we have other holes we need to fill. But we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. And at that point, Springer goes and he makes a billion dollars going somewhere else. But I think the Astros at that point, if they do let Springer go, that is the right move, and it helps the Astros try to keep competitive and in an AL West that is really starting to get a lot better. With the Astros now starting to falter a little bit at, that say, with losing Springer, they have to stay competitive. The A's are really on a warp. I have seen what they've done so far in these playoffs. The Mariners are starting to, to wake things up. The Rangers are starting to work on a few more things at that point. So right now, there's a lot still to be determined with this AL West. And I think it's going to be fun to watch in the coming years. Because this could be one of the most competitive divisions in all of baseball within the next two years.
1: Yeah. No, that is entirely um, true. I mean, I just find with Thor Division, what makes it very unfortunate is, though, um, just think about how good this series could have been with the Rays and Astros if Verlander was healthy, though. Because imagine having two gunslingers like uh, McCullers who has a hell of a fastball that people don't realize because of how Mm -hmm. sick his breaking ball is. (laughs) So, um, and then you have, like, I just find that's the thing, though, that I find the most unfortunate of this series is um, injuries uh, prevail to make it. uh, But I still think the Rays would have won because I think, honestly – are the most complete team in the playoffs because we talked about the fielding combined with the hitting where the second most complete team in the playoffs um definitely uh in full on paper is the Dodgers but the Braves have just been the hottest and energy never dies type team uh just like the Rays so that's why that's going to be a very fun world series to see if that comes to be Because you have two teams that just thrive off of energy combined with the skill of their players. And, I mean, we never really seen teams just continue to thrive off of just having that great energy with some of the little guys that come in, revive their careers on their team combined with great young talent. Uh, It's just great to kind of see those types of teams uh, thrive, even if it is the uh, Braves who are a rival of one of the teams I like in the Phillies, of course. So, you know. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, and that's one thing that's gonna be fun to see with the series going forward. I was originally going to ask you if the Verlander uh, injury, if it doesn't happen, if it changes anything, and you already answered that, where we still think the Rays would. So, done it. I don't want to count the Dodgers just out of the series just yet because we've seen how quickly they can really shift momentum, and we saw what the Dodgers did against a team that was also said to have just this unending energy in the San Diego Padres, and they shut them down quickly. So I don't want to say the Dodgers are out of it because they're not. As long as there's still another game to play, there is still another game to play. It isn't over and done with yet. And I want to see what the Dodgers, they have just not performed. They have been out played every single one of these games by the Braves. And I guess it's really easy to say that with the score being the way it is. But if you take a look at these games for the Dodgers and what they have done so far, again, yesterday's game, they lost 8-7. to seven. The game before that, it was 5-1. to one. And each one of those games, it was just plain easy as day that the Braves were just a better ball club. And I think the Braves still are going to win it. I think when we talk next, we're going to be talking about a World Series that is Rays v. V Braves. But I also don't... It's really hard to say. Yeah, that's how I'm trying to make sure I enunciate that. But I don't want to count the Dodgers out just yet. Because, yes, they are down two games. They need to win four, whereas the Braves only need to win two. I don't want to count them out yet because they have been able to shut down teams that have that energy, that have that chemistry. We saw it in the NLDS. It's about whether or not can they do it on the big picture. And we have talked a while about this, where the Dodgers just can't seem to get it done. The Dodgers have trouble when it comes to being on the big S st- stages. When they're on the normal stage, it's fine. They are the best, they are the best team around. They are the team to beat but when they get to the playoffs, it just... It's like the football saying, playoffs? Playoffs? Like, what what do you do at that point? Like, if you're the Dodgers, what do you do to remedy that situation? And does making a World Series here change that mentality and that kind of thought on the Dodgers?
1: Um, The Dodgers this year, uh, they really have to win it in order for this year to be a win for them. I don't think their fans are going to be like, oh, well, we won 43 games in a 60-game season. No, they won it. The, you're at the point where you've been building this up. You've been getting a great team. You added Mookie Betts, for God's sakes, to your freaking team. Even with David Price opting out, you still had one of the best starting rotations in the NL. So, I mean, you have to get over... The hump and they always seem to hit that proverbial like brick wall for some reason where they can't get over it. And this is the be all end all uh, game the day that we're recording on uh, Wednesday, the uh, 14th of October, um, which is the night of the game that Kyle Wright is going to be pitching against them because if they can't get this game, they're down 3-0 and they're pretty much screwed because I mean you would then have to You have a bullpen game for one game for the Braves, but then they'll probably just go back to uh, Freed on short rest and be able to wrap it up there where if they can win this game, then they have a good chance to win the bullpen game. This is a be-all, end-all for them because they. no one's going to make excuses for the Dodgers. Oh, they won 43 games in 60-game season. Great for them. I mean, they're supposed to be the team that's finally it's supposed to be the team for them. That's finally getting them over the hump for the first time since, I want to say it's 1989, since the Dodgers last um, won the World Series, if I'm not mistaken. But
0: Yeah, and that's going to be, I completely agree with you, that the Dodgers, this is a team that needs to win.
1: 1988. There
0: we go. Yeah. yeah. This is a team that needs to win. If they do not win, then this is... This is the failure. And this kind of shows almost a legacy of failure for the Dodgers. Because we've seen them, again, they haven't won since 88, but you see what they've done over the last five or so years, and they have looked like teams that should be winning. They look like these teams that have all the pieces, and they've just gotten continuously better and better and better. I mean, this year's right now really the grand opus. Of it where you have rookie Betts, you have Cody Bellinger, you have all of these guys that are I amazed. Mean, the only downside with them is that right now, at the get at the beginning of the season, you didn't have David Price. And they showed that they were this Uber mech team, this amazing team that really just dominates. And then you get to the playoffs. You do great against the Brewers. Good job. Of course. You yeah. do good against the Padres. Okay, that's a little surprising. Maybe the Dodgers are for real, but then you go up against the Braves. And the Braves say, nah. Nah, fam. And so far are beating them two to nothing. If they if the Dodgers do not win the World Series this year, where do you go from there? Where do you go from? From where you're at right now, because you look at the Dodgers, there's not really many holes on this team. There's not many places where they should be losing. It's just that the guys that they have aren't performing, but they're not. The, they're they're high level guys. These are, almost every player on this team is worth what they're getting paid, if not more. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's what. Yeah. Sorry about that. If you're
1: the Dodgers, you're going to keep running it back because you have so much money invested into people. And um, the reason why, if you have uh, owners that are worth anything in the billions of dollars, they're lying to you if they say they don't have enough money to sign their free agents is because uh, the uh, Dodgers might end up pulling uh, about $600 million out of their you-know-whats um, in order to pay just two people on their freaking team after they pay Cody Bellinger. So. If you have owners that are worth anything in the billions, and they tell you oh, we can't pay this player, they're lying to you. Because you just look at the Dodgers. Um, but and probably look at the Mets in about three years after Steve Cohen gets I, a hold of them. But um, <laughs> yeah, but um, the that's not always a winning philosophy. You hit it on the head earlier. Um, you have to get these smart guys too, which the Dodgers mix in well. Uh, being able to keep guys like gosling around for good money, arbitration money, or just getting them, keeping those guys around, you have to be able to do that. He's going to be like their new, probably even better version of like a Ross Stripling type uh, guy. So I think uh, guys like that being able to step up, you always need that to happen. Um, the, the, those guys are going to be big, but they just, the Dodgers just kind of need luck to also sometimes go their way because it seems like this year you have Kershaw mess up his back. Uh, that would have been probably if Kershaw could have went innings because the issue was they wanted their guys in the first two starts to be able to go innings for them because they knew the rest of the series were guys that had been swing between a uh, bullpen and starting with Urias and uh, Gosselin. So um, that was unfortunate for them. But I just think if they can't get it going here, they just need to look to maybe, I mean, they don't really have a hole. The only thing they might want to add is, I guess, I mean, if you want to add another like big bullpen arm, that will be the only thing I would think of. Yeah, because they have a couple guys that come in and kind of aren't as sharp as they used to be. Jansen's not what he used to be. And then Tryon was only a one-year deal, so uh, depending if you want to keep him or he might go elsewhere. So uh, I would say maybe a bullpen arm.
0: Bullpen is really the only hole with this Dodgers team that they could beef up. But even then, a bullpen doesn't save you losing five to one. A bullpen no. help with a unless one
1: you have Michael Lorenzen in that bullpen.
0: I mean that's fair. You no, know, that's a good point. But, <laughs> but at that point, you start asking yourself: Is the problem somewhere else? where because there has to be a problem there ha, there has to be a reason why you're losing these types of games there has to be a reason why this dodgers team has not won since 88 considering that the last five six years they have been one of the best teams is not the best team in baseball when you take a look at them on paper and again i i am fully saying that i don't think that a paper championship is worth anything i mean take a look at at the Padres, some of the Padres of years past. But what I am also saying is that if you have all these gobs of talent and you're still not winning with them, you're still not winning the big one, you've got to look at other places. You've really got to look at other, it's like, what is the problem? It's like, you take a look at a crowd of people after say like a murder and say oh is it one of these guys which is obvious and then you say no it can't be any one of them they all have alibis well you gotta look somewhere else you gotta look for other things that are related to and that's where you're gonna find your answer do i think it's in front man, front office i don't know do i think that it's with the skipper i don't know but what i'm saying is that you have obviously all this talent
1: vehicle. So yeah, it's obviously with whoever the equivalence of the butler is. So
0: Exactly whoever the
1: butler, the butler is in an organization. Yeah. That oh, that's man. who did it.
0: That's who did it. And that's <laughs> what you've gotta you've gotta be able to pinpoint that. And I have a feeling this Dodgers squad, they need to pinpoint sooner rather than later. If they're able to do it sooner, then they can win with this World Series level team. But if they don't find out who it is, the killing screen will continue.
1: Eventually... Davy's probably going to be the guy to blame because uh, you can't just keep going out there. And I mean, we saw different managers get fired in years like Rick Renteria made the playoffs and the White Sox got rid of them. And the White Sox have barely been in the playoffs recently. They were a good team this year. Some of the one of the more successful teams they have been in a while. And they're like, oh, no, sorry. There's better candidates on the market. You're gone. Um, so I think uh, eventually it's going to come back to the manager. I mean, that's usually just mm-hmm. what, what tends to happen. I mean, or not not uh, Martinez, uh, Dave Roberts, I meant to say. Uh, it comes back to the manager. Um, got the wrong Dave. Um, but uh, but uh, usually it comes back to them, whether it's right or wrong, just because you can't get over that proverbial hump. I mean, Girardi got the Yankees over that hump, and then when he got lost in the CS, that's when they fired him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... I mean, like, we've seen uh, things happen in the past, so it'll be interesting if this is even maybe the time, especially if they get swept, uh, what they end up doing at their managerial uh, position.
0: I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think that Roberts, I don't know if he's fully the problem, but I do think that he might be part of it. And I think at this point, yeah, there could be some very interesting candidates going on the market this year, I would not be surprised at all if the Dodgers lose the NLCS here with this team that they have. Normally, I am not a big fan of releasing a manager when you get to the playoffs, just because I feel like if you're good enough to get to the playoffs, then you're good enough to be a manager at this level. But I also think that if you don't, if your goal is not just to win, but to win it all, You've got to find someone that doesn't just know how to win in the regular season, but knows how to win in the playoffs. And that kind of goes into one of my things is Dusty Baker is another one of those managers that I have a ton of respect for. I have a ton of respect for Dusty Baker because he has done a lot in our industry. He's done a lot for baseball. He's had some amazing seasons, but he has always just kind of struggled at winning the big one. And that's right now what we're kind of seeing with him and the Astros in this series, is that you can get really far. You can even make it to the World Series when you have these amazing level teams. But if you just can't win it, then there's a problem. And there's something that, that's something you have to kind of address.
1: Hmm. Well, Dusty Baker, um, it's going to be interesting for him because we didn't know if he was a guy that they were just getting to fill in a role to see if they're going to bring back uh, one of their guys that used to be there in either Hinch or Core into the organization. So we we'll have to see what the Astros do as well. Whereas Baker actually their man, um, if he's not, then he's certainly going to get looks from other organizations that opened up their managerial, especially because, um, the White Sox, um, When I was watching one of their, um, I think his last name's Cone, I can't remember his name, but one of their guys in their media things, um, he was saying they would like an experienced guy with winning pedigree. Well, Dusty Baker, if he becomes on the open market, is definitely an experienced guy with winning pedigree and has won in October recently with an underdog team this year, no less, in the Astros. So if he becomes available, I would say the White Sox would probably go right after him because they're looking at Tony La Russa, for God's sakes, who's a great manager, a Hall of Fame-level manager, but hasn't managed since 2011.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you have to kind of think that time really does not make, uh, does not make you wiser, oh, yeah. especially well, if you've been retired for nine years. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, here's a prime example. Whoever is a Dallas Cowboys fan, their defense, <laughs> your defense – your defense is ran by a defensive coordinator that was out of the league for years and then Mike McCarthy brought him back. Well, has that worked? No, I don't think so. So uh uh well, well, but, sorry
0: um, to sorry to all Dallas Cowboy fans for the news that happened to you on um on Sunday. We Again pray, we're praying for a speedy recovery for Dak anyway.
1: Oh yeah, Dak Yeah, that's unfortunate, but uh now you got a. Uh, the uh, power of the ginger and uh, Andy the, gin-
0: the yeah. ginger rocket coming to save the day. All right, let- let's- save the day. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's keep up. Let's keep on going. Here, We're doing a baseball podcast. Let's not get into NFL just yet. <laughs> Sorry, Dallas Cowboy fans. You got your one shout out. Now go back to the closet. <laughs> no. All right. Anyway. Yeah, you are talking about the defensive coordinator being run by a defensive coordinator, and then Mike McCarthy comes up.
1: Yeah, the, um... Well, yeah, they, their defense sucked because uh, their defensive coordinator hasn't been around for a while, so Tony LaRusso would be an interesting managerial candidate. That's why if Dulcie becomes available, I think he'll probably end up being the guy that the White Sox might look to if they don't get a Hinch or a, a Cora, potentially. But, um... It's. Uh, I don't. I think Dusty should be able to stay with the Astros, especially showing what he did uh, in this postseason. They underachieved in the playoffs, but this is really when we're starting to get towards what the second half of a regular season and game total would be. So I think it showed that he does have the locker room. He does have it with these guys, and it just took a little bit of time to adjust to his message. And I think it's working, um, so I don't see why they would have to get rid of him. I'm not sure if you agree with that or not,
0: but yeah, I think that right now with the Astros, I think why not stick with Dusty Baker? Because this, I will say, this team for the Astros has not been one of the better teams in, like, has not been one of their better teams. I should say over the last few years, this has probably been one of the weaker ones, and yet they're still made made it all the way to the ALCS. So I I think that so far right now, Dusty Baker's done a good job. And the Astros are trying to distance themselves a little bit from the scandal that they were involved in. So I think Dusty Baker has done a fantastic job about trying to bring everything back to normal baseball and trying to show that, all right, the Astros can be a legitimate team again.
1: Yeah. No, that's entirely true, and he's a great... uh... Manager with a lot of class and a lot of um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of um, what you call resume stuff on his resume. So I mean, he, yeah, I think that he should stay around. He's going to bring a lot of poise and calmness to that organization, and I think that's definitely what they need to continue to need. Especially he's when you have da- more, he's yeah, doing
0: great damage control is the big thing.
1: Especially when you have guys like uh, Whitley and other great prospects coming up. Um, as time goes on, when you're already had guys like tucker come up so you want to have a, a great calming presence with a mix of a uh, good veterans with younger talent as
0: well so it's a good thing to see and i'm really excited to see what's gonna happen with the astros because right now i think does baker i don't know if he is the long-term solution but i think he's a solution right now and i think that If you're the Astros at the moment, I think you've got to be thinking that you're going to keep with Dusty Baker as opposed to going to, like, say, Cora. Just because, again, if you are trying to go more and more away from that scandal and trying to show more and more that you guys are a legitimate team in Major League Baseball, which I'm not saying they aren't, I'm saying they are. They've definitely rebounded really well this year after the scandal. I think that they need to keep with Dusty Baker because he has really helped them in this one year get back on track.
1: Yeah, no, I I entirely agree. I think it makes sense to not go back, um, backtrack towards the scandal and kind of just keep moving forward and keep Dusty Baker. Or if for some reason you're not going to keep him don't get a guy that is involved with the scandal, get some other manager. You could get a rente. I personally believe Rentori is a heck of a manager and uh, kind yeah, of I, I don't know I don't know why the White Sox got rid of him uh, okay. to be completely honest. Uh, I think he's a good manager, and that would be a guy I would look to if for some reason you don't want to keep Dusty Baker.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that Re is a good manager. And I think they would be a little remiss to let go of Dusty Baker. I think he's definitely shown that he's worth keeping around, especially. He was thrown into an impossible situation at the beginning of the year. He was thrown into a situation of saying, Hey, our organization right now is in turmoil because of this scandal. We need you to help with damage control and to help bring our team to the postseason. You've got talent to work with, so you have that going. But you need to help make sure that everybody knows that the Astros are ready to play. He's done exactly that. I think he's earned a healthy contract. A good contract extension, at least for another one, maybe even two years. But I think that they don't... I agree with that there's no reason why you go back to some of those older managers that were involved in this scandal. You do that, that's just going to throw the wrong message out to everybody. And it's going to throw even more shade on the Astros organization.
1: Yeah. Um, I completely agree with that. I agree. I don't think they should go to anybody. That's why I think Renteria is a perfect fit for them if they do move Mm -hmm. on from Dusty Baker, which would almost be a trade of managers if Dusty then goes to the White Sox.
0: (laughs) I I would love this. Can we just have like that actually happen? Like mean, literal trade of managers, like just see in the transaction box, the Ray, the Rays trade. Excuse me, the Astros trade away Dusty Baker, manager, and one as like and one uh, container of uh, barbecue sauce to Chicago. <laughs> Sorry to Chicago for Renteria and what and a coupon for one deep dish pizza. Like could that can that just happen again? Like they did on the Will Ferrell uh takes the field baseball day where they just kept trading away w- Will Farrell for like different articles of food. Yeah. So that would be that would be the greatest thing. That would just make my day so, so much if that were if that were to actually happen. Um anyway, getting back kind of on track here as we're starting to kind of wind down here for the podcast for today. Let's talk a little bit about this series. Let's go back to this right now. NLCS: Braves v. Dodgers. ALCS: Astros v. Rays. Rays a two-game lead over the Astros, and the Braves a uh, excuse me the Braves a three-game lead over the Astros. The Braves a two-game lead over the Dodgers. And really, if you had, I'm going to play a little game with you here, Joe. This is a very interesting... This is a game that we didn't prep. I apologize. I'm going to throw you uh, throw your curveball here, but Let's play a little fill-in-the-blank here. The Dodgers win the series if blank.
2: If
1: they are able to win tonight and Kershaw is able to come back to pitch next game, which will be a bullpen game for the Braves.
0: I completely agree. If you're able to win tonight and then get Kershaw to pitch in-game, Four as you in Game Four, then you tied up the series two to two, and it's anyone's ball game. Yeah, I think if, if I was going to change anything of that, I would say the Dodgers win the series if the bullpen keeps steady. Is my other thing with it because again, we've talked about how the bullpen is really the one weak spot. That box. makes
1: sense for the Dodgers, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, this Dodgers team, like we've seen that this the bullpen is really the only major hole that this. That the team has, and so if you're able to at least keep steady, the starting pitching staff is doing exactly what you need them to do, just not as good as you would hope for. But get, let them do a little bit, let the offense just let the offense just go, especially in a bullpen day tomorrow. So take that as you will for the Dodgers. All right, on the opposite end, the the Astros win the series against the Rays if. Um. <laughs> Actually, no, let me change this one because I want to make this one a little funnier. The Rays will win the series unless.
1: They forget how to pitch.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That's kind of what I was trying to go at you for. Is that there's really not much of a way at this point. The Rays look like the most complete team in baseball the moment. But... They look like a team that is firing on all cylinders, and like we said, they're not doing anything exceptionally well except for defense. They're just doing everything
2: right.
1: Yeah. The price is um, right, and that's also what the Braves hope is the key for them tonight. They hope the price is right for them
0: as well. Alright, and I got two more small ones for you This that will end off this section of fill in the blank the MVP of the ALCS is?
1: who? um, it's a very good question. Cause there's been a lot, the rays have just had different guys step up. A uh, Rosa Rain has continued to hit for them. Um, Zunino has been good. Huh? That's a pretty tough question. Uh, I'm just gonna keep going with my guy and since he continues to hit and be key for them, I'll go with a Rose Arena. I think it, if it goes with a batter, it's gonna be him or Zunino who have been their key hitters in this series I, show for, so
0: far. I like that. My answers for this one, I actually I have I'm gonna put or in there. My as I like the ALCS MVP will be Mike Zunino or Kevin Kiermeyer. Because Kiermaier. Of, defense has been stupid the defense has been single-handedly incredible at that point i think at that point you see the web gems that he's put up it's at least worth the conversation
1: okay i'm with that yeah i like that nice, right. nice pull for Kiermaier.
0: and then nlcs the as like the mvp of the nlcs will be
1: That one's a little bit harder to peg since there's only been two games so far. I'm going to say, though, because he seems to be coming into his own and really starting to hit well, if Freeman keeps right on rolling and uh, becoming the key contributor that we all know he can be for this Braves team, their uh, longest tenured guy there, I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman, the dude that's been there doing it for a long time for the Braves. And really, the guy that uh even though it pains me in my heart a little bit as a Phillies fan to see them win, but I would not feel bad because I always love freeman uh seeing him get one here uh it would be nice to see him get the m v p as well so i I'm going to roll with Freddie Freeman if it's not him though, because of um how good their pitching is and because I think he'll become key in another game, I'm going to roll with um I'm going to roll with Max Freed because as a pitcher, I think he's going to become key and no matter what other game he pitches. Uh, so I'm going to go with either one of those two.
0: I think that's a solid – that's a very solid play. Um, I'm going to – I like the Freddie Freeman because that's kind of who I was going to say. One other guy that has really, I think, done quite well over the course of the series, at least so far, Yeah, at least so far, it is I oh I just lost his name I apologize. Um, Ozzy Albie's has done quite well, seeing what he's done so far over the course of the two uh, the two games has five hits at the moment. Very it's like very strong two RBIs in the last game. I think Albie's has been putting together a good it's like a good NLCS. I still think that Freeman is the better pick overall. But Ozzy Alves is making his case as well.
1: Yeah, I like that play. That's another good one. I think uh, if you're going to play another pitcher to potentially win the uh, CS uh, MVP, that would be Ian Anderson, who just keeps on Mm -hmm. rocking and rolling and pitching fantastic along with Max Freed.
0: I wanted to say Ian Anderson so bad. The one thing that just kind of threw it for me a little bit was that in his last game, he did – good and you know, just one hit, four innings pitched, but five walks. Definitely
1: yeah, not it's all right. right. He'll, get it, he'll, get it, he'll get over it. It's
0: I really right. hope so. I like. I don't like seeing a one-to-one walk-to-strikeout ratio. I yeah, like I seeing... So. You've got to have... I, in my opinion, I like to have... If you're a dominant strikeout artist, it's like four-to-one.
1: True, but at least he was able to work through that, unlike some people mm-hmm. we know here in Philadelphia. <clears 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 <throat> Alaska's.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a little, uh, Sorry, you you really got to get that cold checked out. there <laughs> but, um, <laughs> No, but I, I like Ian Anderson. I think that he is go- He very well could be one of the bigger MVPs. they going to have three. Yeah, but
1: imagine that rotation when Soroka comes back. They're going to have three oh, potential man. young ace caliber pitchers. Could you have guys that still have arbitration for all these years too? In Soroka freed. And Ian Anderson. Like, that's just almost borderline unfair. <laughs>
0: like, that is.
1: And then imagine if they get, like, a Bauer or, like, get one of the big pitchers.
0: Oh, man. That would just. That's overkill at that point. Like, what the heck that's overkill at that point? Because at that point, you just see, okay, now you have starting pitchers that could be aces on other teams have fun we are winning every game this season we're gonna go 162 and out of next season um oh, that would just that hurts my face i'm not gonna yeah, say that would, that, be, my face. that would be ridiculous yeah. oh man that would ugh. all right well right now Two more games today for the championship series. A excuse me, Rays versus Astros and Braves versus Dodgers. Joe, as always, a fantastic time having you here on the podcast. Get to talk some good old West Division baseball as well as, even though we end up talking more about the East, I think this time. Hmm. But we saw it. always a fun time talking with you.
1: Yeah, it's always great talking. I love doing the podcast each week. We'll definitely be back. Next week, uh, talking about who's our World Series matchup.
0: Exactly, World Series matchup. Right now, we we know who it's looking like, but again, baseball is a funny game; anything can happen. But I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in today to the Overtime Heroics, Cheap Seats Chatter podcast. You can follow Joseph Bork at JJ twenty six on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at the Sports two four two. If you want to let us know anything sports-wise you want us to talk about or anything you just want to discuss with us. For Joe, I'm Alex Clark. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And as always, I hope to see you all real soon. Once again, this is OTH Cheap Seats Chatter. On Twitter, we are at OTH underscore cheap seats, we'll be giving you baseball highlights, our takes there,
1: our takes will be on this podcast going four days a week as we spoke to in the show, but uh, if you really like baseball, you enjoy what we're giving you, you should go check out our partners at Dugout Mugs, that's dugoutmugs.com they make mugs out of the barrel of baseball bats, it's a great gift for any baseball fan, or let's be honest for yourself if you're a baseball fan so once again, (laughs) dugoutmugs.com we mm-hmm.